Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. This meeting is being holy, recorded. Holy, holy is he. Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, holy, holy is he. I sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. Oh. <coughs> Clothed in rainbows of living color, flashes of lightning, rolls of thunder, blessings and honor, strength and glory and power be to you, the only wise King. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing, praise to the King of Kings, you are my everything.
Your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will stay of the goodness of God I love your voice You have led me through the fire In the darkest night You were close like no other I know you as a father I know you as a friend And I have lived and the goodness of God. Oh, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I'm gonna 
Just a, a short prayer. And we'll go ahead and begin. Jesus, 
We want to thank you, Jesus, for what you have given us today, Jesus. You have blessed us with, with peace, Jesus. You have blessed us, Jesus, with uplifting, Jesus. You have blessed us, Jesus. You have blessed us, Jesus, with, with peace. Hallelujah, Jesus. You have blessed us, Jesus, with your Holy Spirit, Jesus. You are leading into us into all truth, Jesus. Lead us today during our sermon. Lead us today during our Bible study, Jesus. Help us, Jesus, to follow your spirit, Jesus, into all truth. Help us, Jesus, to understand your scriptures, Jesus, in a new way, Jesus. For you are blessing us, Jesus. You are showing us the truth. You are blessing us with understanding, Jesus. We ask for healing, Jesus, in our our, our um, families, Jesus. We ask for healing in our bodies, Jesus. We ask for healing, Jesus, for, for, for Jenny's friend, DJ, Jesus, that you heal his bones, that you uplift him, that you bless him, Jesus, with holy, divine, and, and spiritual, and um, accelerated healing, Jesus. We ask for the same for my, for my daughter. We ask for the same for Miss Donna. We ask for the same for um, Sister Nikki and her family and her husband and their children, Jesus. We ask for the same for my uh, my grandmother. Yes, Lord. Jesus, we ask for the same for my, uh, my birth mother, Gigi, for my mom. For all of our parents, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. We ask for the same, Jesus. So with the whole body, Jesus, that you bless us, Jesus, with understanding. Yes, you bless Jesus. us, Jesus, Heal to come us, on one accord, Jesus. Jesus, and to be, Jesus, led by your spirit at all Jesus. times, calling on your name, Jesus, praying without yes, ceasing, Jesus. Jesus. For you are the solution to all our problems, Jesus, all of our issues. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray and we say, Hallelujah. Amen. In the holy name of Jesus. And so in the last uh, sermon, uh, we, we went over uh, Revelation uh, 16, there was 17, and uh, in Revelation uh, 18, which which detailed the, um, the the end of the fall and the judgment of America, Mystery Babylon, and we went over um, the identify the identification of Mystery Babylon. Why did we why we know that is America? And so, this first scripture that Jesus led us to is in Zechariah 2, which goes over this just a little bit. And so, um, we're going to, we're even going to backtrack this a little bit too. And so, we'll read in, um, in Zechariah 2, um, that also describes this, this event, this, this fall of America, or Mystery Babylon, or a great uh, Mystery Babylon. And so, we'll read here in Zechariah 2. I lifted up mine eyes again and looked and behold a man with a measuring line in his hand. So again, um, Zechariah is at, at the very end of the Old Testament. I lifted up mine eyes again and looked and behold a man with a measuring line in his hand. Then said I, whither goest thou? And he said unto me, to measure Jerusalem, to see what is the breadth thereof and what is the length thereof. And behold, the angel that talked with me went forth, and another angel went out to meet him, and said unto him, Run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls for the multitude of men and cattle therein. For I say if the Lord will be unto her a wall of fire round about, and will be the glory <coughs> in the midst of her. Ho, ho, come forth and flee from the land of the north, saith the Lord. For I have spread you abroad as the four winds of heaven, saith the Lord. Deliver thyself, O Zion, that dwelleth with the daughter of Babylon. And so we learned um, in the last sermon uh, we read 
Um, we were reading in Isaiah. I think it was uh, Isaiah 47 that describes the um, mystery Babylon or uh, great Babylon, America, as the daughter of Babylon, being the Babylon of <coughs> the ancient the ancient Babylon um, was already destroyed. Ancient Babylon was already ancient Babylon was uh, was already destroyed. And so we, we watched a video about um, ancient Babylon <coughs> being destroyed um, and how it's completely desolate now. We read some of the prophecies that had something to do with that, and we read how America or Mystery Babylon is referred to as the daughter of Babylon. Okay, birthed from Babylon, birthed from from the, those areas, which is um, going into, um, which you know that 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 whole area, that whole way of life, that culture, morphed into and went into Rome and Greece, and of course that went into Britain, which birthed America. Okay, because America broke off the the the, um, the way of life, that way of life, the people broke off from Britain and came here and decided to create colonies here in America. Okay, and so that is what we're, what, what we're looking at. We're looking at daughter of Babylon. We're looking at America. Okay. Ho, ho, come forth and flee from the land of the north, saith the Lord. For I have spread you abroad as the four winds of the heavens, saith the Lord. Deliver thyself, O Zion, that dwelleth with the daughter of Babylon. Okay. For thus saith the Lord of hosts. After the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. For he hath that touched you toucheth the apple of his eye. Okay? So he's saying that there's a people that are the apple of his eye. He's talking about the Israelites. Okay? For behold, I will shake my hand upon them, and they shall be a spoil to, to their servants. And ye shall know that the Lord of hosts have sent me. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion. For lo, I come, and I will dwell in the midst of thee, saith the Lord. And many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day, and shall be my people. And I will dwell in the midst of thee, and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto thee. And the Lord shall inherit Judah his portion in the Holy Land, and shall choose Jerusalem again. Be silent, O all flesh, before the Lord, for he is raised up out of his holy habitation. And so right now, um, when you go, if you were to go to, to Israel, if you were to go to Jerusalem, most people... And most churches will equate this prophecy that this already happened in 1948. But that happened, and we read this in Daniel 10. Um, they, they tried to establish the vision. They tried to do it by their own hands. They tried to do it by human hands. Jesus is saying here that he is going to come in the end times and do it. It wasn't going to be before that. It was going to be in the end times that he was going to bring his people back from the four corners of the earth. We also read that in Matthew 21. Okay, and so, what are the things that that, um, that signify this? The, it's the, the Jacob's trouble and the tribulation and the great tribulation time. Okay, and so we're gonna continue to go into this. So, we left off in uh, with Revelation 18 with the destruction of America. We went right, and we're going right into Revelation 19. Jesus read us, um, directed us to go right into Revelation 19. So we're going to turn there right now to Revelation 19. And we're going to read Revelation 19, 1 through 8. Alright, so 
Revelation 19. Hallelujah. And it says, After these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. Hallelujah. So we know that once Jesus is taken all the nations back to himself, he's, he's, he has brought all the nations to their knees and now the earth is, is his. So we know that once he does that, that also signifies um, Israel and Jerusalem becoming um, a nation again. Okay. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore. That's the, the whore of Babylon. Great Babylon. Mystery Babylon. America. When we look at the Statue of Liberty, that's what we're looking at. <coughs> he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and have avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. Okay? He has avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. Okay? And so this is we're, we're looking at we're looking at America. We're looking at um, the symbology of America. Um, we look at Lady Liberty. We look at Liberty. We look at um, the uh, westward expansion of the move west. We looked at that in the last sermon. This is what we're looking at. We're not looking at um, some other um, nation. Of course, the, uh, America, we've been preaching this. The American way of life is not just, um, it's not just, America. It's all over the world. The, the American way of life has spread to the whole earth. This, this way of life has spread to the whole earth. Okay, and so um, again, when we're looking at we're looking at the Statue of Liberty. This is what we're, this is what we're looking at. This this symbol <coughs> the symbol of America. Okay, a, a woman who sits on many waters. You look at the um, beginning of Revelation 17. We see the, um, the description of this woman who sits on many waters. And of course, America sits again on the Atlantic, the Pacific, and if you go to South America, the Arctic um, Ocean, okay? And so this is what this is what we're seeing. You know, we're looking at, um, you know, the, the, the ocean that surrounds the, the South Pole. These are the, these are the many waters that it sits on, okay? And so, um, I'll continue to read. It says, um, For he have judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and have avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. This is the destruction. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. Okay? And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor and for, to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. And his wife had made herself ready, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. So this is what we're talking about when we're talking about holiness. We're talking about righteousness. We're, we're talking about um, repentance. We're, this is what we're. This is this is our, our our goal here. 
the, 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 the clean white linen to be clothed spiritually. And then of course, there's the physical sense here, but this is the um, the marriage of the kingdom. Jesus is bringing, when, he, when, when the New Testament, and Paul talks about a lot of, he talks about a lot, bringing the kingdom to himself, spotless and clean. This is what he's talking about. Arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. That's the purity. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. The fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Okay? And so this is what we're going to do. Jesus led us back to Revelation 3, which talked about that. Revelation 3. And we're going to read in Revelation 3, 18 through 19. Okay, Revelation 3, 18 through 19. All right. And it says here, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire, that thou mayest be rich in white and white raiment. Okay? There's the white raiment, the white clothes. Raiment means clothes. There it is right there. And that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thy, thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. There's the repentance. When Jesus says, live a life of repentance, you know, apologizing to God, coming to God, coming to Jesus with um, the things that you have done wrong. Um, living that life of, of, of repentance. Okay? This is what Jesus is talking about. And he's saying, he's saying, as many as I love him, he says that in the New Testament as well. Peter and Paul both talk about that. That he, the sign that he loves you is that, you know, he, he, he is, he is um, chastising us. He's not um, condemning us, but he's, he is convicting us. And that conviction comes with building. That conviction comes with building you up, making you better. <coughs> Um, allowing you to, to see the things that you've done wrong, but allowing you to see how you can fix it. Because Satan is just the opposite. He condemns you, tells you what you've done wrong, and he makes you feel all terrible and bad about it. But Jesus doesn't do that. God does not do that. Okay? So the next scripture that Jesus led us to is Zechariah 3. Okay, we're going to turn to Zechariah 3. Okay, right after Zechariah 2, we read earlier. Zechariah 3, which talks about this. Second Temple, um, when the Israelites came back out of slavery from ancient Babylon. Okay, and now we're moving into. All right, so this is this is ex the example of um, jo uh, Joshua, who was around during the Second Temple period. Um, he came back with the Judeans of the tribe of Judah um, back into Jerusalem and helped build. The city back up and help build the temple back up. So Jesus is referring to Joshua. Okay, and so Zechariah <coughs> 3, we're going to start at line 1. And I'm sorry here, I didn't mean to get there myself. Right. 
and he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him and the Lord said unto Satan the Lord rebuke thee O Satan even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee is not this a brand plucked out of the fire so he's saying are you not just a, a match of brand plucked out of the fire because as soon as Jesus speaks to us, as soon as God speaks to us, Satan is right behind us trying to condemn us. Jesus is convicting us again, and Satan is right behind him trying to condemn us, trying to make us feel terrible. Okay, and this is what the same, this is exactly what happened to Joshua. Okay, now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments, filthy clothes, and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity, okay, his sins, to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with change of raiment, or change of clothes. That's what that means. Raiment means clothes. And I said, let them set a fair, a fair meter upon his head. So they set a fair meter upon his head, and clothed him with garments, clothed him with, clo with clothes. They gave him some other, <coughs> some other clothes. And the angel of the Lord stood by, and the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt, if you will, walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt also keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. So he's saying, you're going you're gonna to be a judge if you'll keep all my laws and do what I tell you to do. Hear now, o Joshua the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wondered at for. Behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua, upon one stone shall be seven eyes. And we know from, um, we read early in Revelation that the lamb with the seven eyes and the seven horns, that's Jesus. Those are the spirits of God. We're going to go back into that as well too. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua upon one stone shall be seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave the graving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. What is that one day? We're going to go into that. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, shall ye call every man his neighbor under the vine and under the fig tree. Every man. Every man. He's not just talking about Israel. He's not just talking about Judah. He's talking about everybody. Gentiles, Jews, everybody, black, white, Mexican, Asian, Hispanic, Haitian, all, everybody, everybody, okay? And we're going to go back into that as well, too. Jesus said that the salvation of Jesus is for everyone, okay? And so we're going to look, we're going to go back. Jesus led us back to Revelation 14, okay? Revelation 14, okay? Jesus gave Joshua new clothes to wear, new clean clothes to wear, okay? We're going to go back to Revelation 14, because we're going to read line 20 in Revelation 14, okay? This is when, and we're backtracking a little bit, backtracking just a little bit. All right, Revelation 14, line 20. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the wine press, even unto the horse brittles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. A 
Okay, so the brittle that's in the horse's mouth is, 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 is right here. So, you know, horses to the pie, that's pretty high. That's it, That's at least, uh, what, three or four, three or four feet high. Okay, then this is what we just read in, in, um, in Zechariah. He said that, that he will, he will um, judge the city. The, the city will be um, brought back into righteousness. The people will be brought back into righteousness in one day. The sins will be removed from the people in one day, in the city in one day. Okay, now he's led us back to Revelation 19, where we left off at. Revelation 19. And we're going to read lines 9 through 5. 9 through 15, I'm sorry. 9 through 15. Revelation 19. 9 through 15. All right. 19. Revelation 19, lines 9 through 15. <coughs> okay, so uh, the, the the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. Okay, and then she was given the clean clothes, right? And now in line 9 says, And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called <coughs> unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth, ju he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. That's Jesus, hallelujah. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. There's the white and clean again. They're clothed in the fine linen. Okay. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp, a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of almighty God. Okay. And so we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to go back and look at the, um, the winepress uh, video again about what this, um, this, this winepress is that he's tread. Okay. And so if we know if you know uh, about wine presses in ancient Israel, it was a stone that was put on a um, on a sort of a stone track or a, or a bowl, and inside of the bowl was either grapes or olives or any other sort of thing that, that could produce um, juice. And the, that stone was like a wheel, and it would grind, go around this little bowl, and it would grind the the, um, the olives up and it would produce olive oil, or grind the, the grapes up. And the grape juice to make the wine, and so it was pressure that was applied, and somebody would um, would would um, go beside it with a uh, would, would walk beside it with a with a stick, and it would be attached to the to the wheel, and they would go around walking with it or with a horse, and it would it would tread that they would tread that wine press, or sometimes people would actually tread it with their feet and stand in the wine press with their feet and step on it, so they were um, 
physically treading on it with their own feet. Okay, and so this place that we looked at before was is called the Great Wine Press. So we're gonna we're gonna look at that again. And just hold on just one second while I pull it up. We're gonna look at that again and then we're gonna see um, something that goes a little bit deeper into <coughs> this place. Okay. Here and it's called again. It's called the Kidron Valley, and it's in um, Jerusalem. Okay. Let's hold on one second. Pull it up here. All right. Can you guys see that? You see it in here? Okay. Welcome to the Holy Land in this biblical site of the Kidron Valley also known as the Valley of Jehoshaphat. It lies right between the Old City, which is in front of me to uh, the left, and the Mount of Olives, which is behind me and to the right. So the valley runs right up through here. I can see the Garden of Gethsemane behind me, but the valley uh, starts up a ways up there, then it runs all the way down, and we'll show you more video, but it also runs clear down to uh, just south of Jericho, and then goes to the Dead Sea. So the Kidron Valley is actually quite a, a large valley here, but the main part of it that is referred to in Scripture is in this area right here, in between the old city, the eastern gate, is right up there uh, to my, uh, in front of me, to uh, the, your left up there. So this is right here where uh, Jesus was the Garden of Gethsemane. He would have passed through here, gone up to the Eastern Gate. House of Caiaphas is behind me, Southern Stairs. So we're right here in the Kidron Valley. A lot of things happen here, and a lot of things will happen here. In fact, um, in this particular area in the history of, of Israel, uh, this is an area where they would throw a lot of their trash, actually kind of behind uh, you in front of me. And we'll show you. You can see in this video, even today, that they still throw trash. And then to the um, kind of the uh, uh, southeastern side of the, the city walls is the dung gate, which means kind of the gate of trash. So I mean, that's where they would throw a lot of their trash out and they would burn it out because the, the winds would uh, take it and, and uh, take it away from the city instead of blowing it back into the city. So this particular area, you know, is like I say, behind uh, you in front of me is where a lot of the trash was even uh, to this day. So anyway, uh, this here is the uh, Kidron Valley. And as we mentioned, a lot has happened here, and a lot will happen here. So the main thing that comes to my mind when I think of the Kidron Valley, you know, or the Valley of Jehoshaphat, is judgment. That is the word that, that comes to my mind, the judgments of God, and the final judgment that will happen right here in this valley at the end of the Great Tribulation period. Uh, the people living in this valley, uh, you can see them right here, they have no idea what awaits them. But according to Scripture, right here is where Christ will gather all of the nations. He will appear on the Mount of Olives, uh, just to your right, uh, to my left. 
He will touch down and he will gather all the nations together. He will allow Satan and the demons power to gather them all together. So the nations will be gathered here to fight against Christ at the end of the tribulation. He comes back in power and great glory. We will come back with him. The angels will come back with him. According to Revelation 1, 7, no, no eye, no being that has ever been created will not see him. So right here is where the uh, part of the battle of Armageddon will take place. And this is the Kidron Valley where uh, Christ will separate the sheep from the goats. So the best word that comes to my mind, I think, to describe this place is the judgment or the judgments of God. So in this video, we'd like to talk about the judgments of God. Uh, it's a, a, a topic that's not very popular, uh, but it's a topic that is all throughout Scripture and deserves some time and attention. So let's uh, talk about the judgments of God, and particularly at the end time where he separates the sheep from the goats. And it says that the, uh, the wine press will be right here. God will uh, uh, press. He will, this will be the wine press where he exercises his great wrath. And it says that the blood will flow through here up to the horse's bridles for a distance of approximately 180 miles to 200 miles. So that means that the blood will flow from this wine press right here for around 200 miles. So that means it will go east, right down this valley. It will go down towards Jericho, south of Jericho, to the Dead Sea, take a right, go all through the Dead Sea, clear down to approximately the Red Sea. That's the distance of around 200 miles. So anyway, let's look at the judgments of God. It's going to be a sobering video, but a video that is very important that Scripture taught. So this is this is um, just a review, and we talked about, we've seen this um, in uh, the summary before last. We got a chance to look at this. But here's, a, here's another one that goes a little bit deeper into the Kidron Valley and what it looks like and some of the different um, historical um, points um, about it. Okay. Uh, All right. No, that's not it. Wrong one. So a very important place, also 
over there, you can see the Church of Mary Magdalene. It's a Russian Orthodox Church. But we're going down.
Absalom. Uh, he lost his life uh, over here as his hair got into a tree and he hung. He was hung.
we're gonna we're gonna stop that there. I hope that, that gave y'all a little bit more insight on the Kidron Valley, a little bit more um, visual on it as well too. And so, if we go back to Revelation 19, Jesus put us back to Revelation 19. If we look at line 11 in Revelation 19, and it says, "And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse." And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Alright, he judges and he makes war. Okay. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen white and clean. Remember we read that the 144,000 um, came with him on the Mount of Olives. They, they showed up with him on the Mount of Olives. This is what we're looking at. Okay? And out of his mouth go up a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. So he's that's where he is. He's there getting ready to um, to tread. He's, well, he's treaded the wine press. He's treading the wine press. So Jesus led us back to Psalm 18. We're going to look at Psalm 18 that David wrote about this. He's seen, he appeared, Jesus showed him a little bit of this day in the future. Psalm 18. We're going to read the whole Psalm 18. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength, the Lord is my rock, and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about, the snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord, and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. Wroth means angry. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth. Devoured coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. Okay? This is what we're, look, what we're looking at. We, we went into this a little bit in the, um, the sermon that we did that Jesus called Jesus Comes with a Storm. This, this is um, David's description. He rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them, and he shot out lightnings and discomforted them. Then the channels of waters were seen, and the foundations of the world were discovered. At thy rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils, he sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he delivered me from my strong enemy. And from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. 
He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according, according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He hath recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from, from me. I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore I have the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. With the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful. With an upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure thou wilt show thyself pure. And with the forward thou wilt show thyself forward. Okay? And forward, which is F-R-O-W-A-R-D, means, means difficult. We, we learned this with our pastor. It means difficult or difficult to deal with. For thou will save the afflicted people, but will bring that down high looks. Okay, now we're in line 28. For thou will light my candle, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop, and, my, and by my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet, and setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken in mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holden me up, and my gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. <coughs> and so Jesus wants us to Jesus wants us to know this when we when we read this, right? It says here. That my gentleness have made me great. That the qualities, the the um, the how could I describe it? The 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 fruit of the spirit becomes strength. That like that Jesus when he when he brings us back, cause we're gonna come back and we're gonna fight alongside him. Those qualities, those good qualities that he has grown inside of us, become strength it's like uh it, and this is where this is where some of the superhero movies come from but this is the reality this is the real the true deal that when we come back to fight with him those qualities become strength true strength real true strength hallelujah that's jesus that's what jesus is going to do for us when he gives us those glorified bodies Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them, neither did I turn again till they were consumed. As I have wounded them that they were not able to rise, they are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength unto the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. So David is, is talking about, it's, again, the scriptures are past, present, and future. David is also talking about, hallelujah, he's talking about, the time when he was on the earth and he went through those trials and those trials and tribulations. But David is also talking about seeing himself in the future prophetically, coming back to life, being resurrected, right, with the dead in Christ, and fighting alongside Jesus. This is what he's seeing. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies, thou that I might destroy them that hate me. They cried, but there was none to save them even unto the Lord, but he answered them not. Then did I beat them small as the dust before the wind. I did cast them out as the dirt in the streets. 
Thou hast delivered me from the strivings of the people, and thou hast made me the head of the heathen. A people whom I have not known shall serve me. As soon as they hear of me, they shall obey me. The strangers shall submit themselves unto me. The strangers shall fade away and be afraid out of their close places. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God that avengeth me, and subdueth the people under me. He delivereth me from mine enemies. Yea, thou lifteth me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. Great deliverance giveth he to his king, and showeth mercy to his anointed, to David and his seed forevermore. So he's talking about Israel. He's talking about Jerusalem. He's talking about, he's talking about Judah. Okay, and it's not, of course, it's not, again, it's not by our own strength, but it is by the spirit that Jesus put inside of us, the Holy Spirit. That is our strength. Jesus says, when we are weak, he is strong. That's what the Bible says. Okay, and so we're going to go, um, we're going to read um, something. Is everybody still with me? Is everybody still with me? Is everybody still able to follow along? Okay. Miss Rose, are you still um, following along with us? Are you still there? Jenny, are you able to hear everything? Jenny said she's I know Jenny had to go. She said she was going to get back home. Okay, all right. So we're going to read. We're going to read something that's in the apocrypha, and it's um, Ezra had a, had a vision. Jesus showed Ezra a vision, and and it's the book of that that Ezra that that was that that Ezra wrote um, more about the things that he seen and experienced. Because remember, Ezra was one of the ones that came back that helped build the city up and build the temple up when they when the Judeans came back from Babylon. Okay, he wrote more. It's a book in the apocrypha called <coughs> Second Ezra's, and it's Ezra. His, the, he recorded the things that he's seen and more the things that he experienced. Okay? And so in Second Ezra's 13, we're going to read the, his, what he's seen. Because he's seen the same thing that David's seen when Jesus comes back. Okay? Okay. And it came to pass after seven days, I dreamed a dream by night. And lo, there arose a wind from the sea that it moved all the waves thereof. And I beheld, and lo, that man waxed strong with the thousands of heaven. Remember the thousands and thousands, the multitude, the great multitude in the heavens. Um, and remember, it said, and we just read in Psalm 18, that the foundations of the earth were moved and, and, and were seen, and that the, the waters um, were rushing, and, and they were um, heaved up. You guys still with me? Ms. Donna and Mr. Ben, you guys still there? Here. Alright. They look like they they look like they froze up. And I beheld and lo that man waxed strong with the thousands of heaven. And when he turned his countenance to look, all things trembled that were seen under him. And whensoever the voice went out of his mouth, all they burned that heard his voice. So remember we were reading in Revelation nineteen? That it said that that a great um, that the that the sword came out of Jesus's mouth. This is what we're looking at in Revelation 19. It said that um, that out of his mouth go up a sharp sword, and with it he should smite the nations and shall rule them with a rod of iron. This is the sword. This is the devouring fire 
that goes out of his mouth. So it says, And whensoever the voice went out of his mouth, all they burned that heard his voice, like as the earth faileth when it feeleth the fire. And after this I beheld, and lo, there was gathered together a multitude of men, out of number, from the four winds of the heaven, to subdue the man that came out of the sea. But I beheld, and lo, he had graved himself a great mountain, and flew up upon it. But I would have seen the region or place where at the hill was graven, and I could not. And after this I beheld, and lo, all they which were gathered together to subdue him were sore afraid, and yet durst fight, or did not fight. And lo, as he saw the violence of the multitude that came, he neither lifted up his hand, nor held sword, nor any instrument of war. So, Jesus, Jesus didn't, um, he didn't, okay, Miss Donna, um, walk back in when you can. He didn't, he didn't um, have, Jesus didn't have any weapon. He has no weapon in his hand, okay? But I only saw that he sent out of his mouth as it had been a blast of fire, a blast of fire, okay? A blast of fire, and out of his lips a flaming breath, and out of his tongue he cast out sparks and tempests, and all and they were all mixed together, the blast of fire, the flaming breath, and the great tempest, and fell with violence upon the multitude. Okay, a tempest is usually a storm. And and upon the multitude which was prepared to fight, so fell on them, and burned them up every one, so that upon a upon a sudden of an innumerable multitude nothing was to be perceived but only dust and smell of smoke. When I saw this, I was afraid. Afterward saw I the same man come down from the mountain and call unto him another peaceable, multi peaceable multitude. So this other group of people is peace. They're, they're peaceable. They're, they're, they're of peace. Okay? And there came much people unto him, whereof some were glad and some were sorry. So remember it said that we were awake to everlasting um, gladness and some to everlasting shame. Okay, some were glad and some were sorry. Some of them were bound, and others some brought of them that were offered. Then was I sick through great fear, and I awaked and said, Thou hast showed thy servant these wonders from the beginning, and hast counted me worthy that thou shouldest receive thy, my prayer. Show me now the interpret yet the interpretation of this dream, for as I conceived in mine understanding, woe unto them that shall be left in those days, and much more woe unto them that are not left behind. For they that were not left were in heaviness. Now understand I the things that are laid up in the latter days, the later days, the later times, which shall happen unto them and to those that are left behind. Therefore are they <coughs> come into great perils and many necessities, like as these dreams declare. Yet it is easier for them that is in danger to come into, those, into these things than to pass away as a cloud out of the world and to not see the things that happen in the last days. And he answered unto me and said, the interpretation of the vision shall I show thee, and I will open unto thee the thing that thou hast required. Whereas thou hast spoken of them that are left behind, this is the interpretation. He that shall endure the peril in that time have kept himself. They that be fallen into danger are such as have works and faith toward the Almighty. Know this therefore, that they which be left behind are more blessed than they that be dead. This is the meaning of the vision, whereas thou sawest a man coming up from the midst of the sea. He the same is whom the highest have kept a great season, which by his own self shall deliver his creature 
and he shall order them that are left behind. And whereas thou sawest that out of his mouth there came as a blast of wind and fire and storm, and that he held neither sword nor instrument of any war, but that the rushing in of him destroyed the whole multitude that came to subdue him. This is the interpretation. Behold, the days come when the Most High will begin to deliver them that are upon the earth, and he shall come to the astonishment of them that dwell on earth, on the earth. And one shall undertake the fight against another, one city against another, one place against another, one people against another, and one realm against another. Remember the wars and the rumors of war. Okay? And the time shall be when these things shall come to pass, and the signs shall happen when I showed thee before, and then shall my servant be declared, whom thou sawest as a man ascending. And when all the people hear his voice, every man shall in their own land leave the battle they have one against another. So the people who are warned, they're going to leave that battle to go and go to this battle. And an innumerable multitude shall be gathered together as thou sawest them, willing to come, and to overcome him by fighting. But he shall stand upon the top of Mount Zion. And Zion shall come, and shall be showed to all men, being prepared and builded like as thou sawest the hill graven without hands. Okay, so remember Daniel saw that the, um, that the stone that was taken out, uh, without cut out without hands. Now it's saying here that Zion, Jerusalem, shall be showed to all men, being prepared and builded. Okay, built back up again without human hands. And my servant shall rebuke the wicked inventions of those Gentiles. We were talking about in the last sermon about the inventions and about the, um, the, uh, the, the, the wicked devices. And right now it's, it's, the whole thing is a, um, a big deal that's going on in the news about uh, diffusion, diffusion uh, uh, invention, the, 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 the advances in fusion and nuclear technology. It's the same thing. And my servant shall repeat the wicked inventions of those Gentiles which for their wicked life are fallen into the tempest, into that storm, and shall lay before them their evil thoughts and the torments wherewith they shall begin to be tormented, which are like unto a flame. And he shall destroy them without labor by the toil which is like unto me. And whereas thou sawest that he gathered another peaceable multitude unto him, those are the ten tribes which were carried away prisoners out of their own land in the time of Hosea, the king, whom Shalmaneser, the king of Assur, or Syria, led away captive. And he carried them over the river, and so they came into the latter land, Arsareth. But they took this counsel among themselves, that they would leave the multitude of people and go forth into a further country, okay? From a world where the seed of Adam never dwelt. So they said that these, the 10 tribes, the other 10 tribes, they said they would go to a place where the seed of Adam never dwelt, that they might there keep their Torah, which they never kept in their own land. And they entered into the narrow way of the river Euphrates, for the Most High then showed signs for them and restrained the springs of the river till they were passed over. For through that country there was a great way to go. So he, he, he did another Red Sea, a Red Sea crossing for them on the Euphrates. For through that country there was a great way to go, namely of a year and a half. And the same region is called Arsareth. 
Then dwelt they there until the latter time, the later time. And now when they shall begin to come. So they're still here now. The highest shall stay the springs of the stream again. Okay, that is the, the second exodus. The highest shall stay, or still, the springs of the stream again, that they may go through. Therefore sawest thou the multitude with peace. Shalom. But those that be left behind of thy people are they that are found within my borders. Now when he destroyed the multitude of the heathen that are gathered together, he shall defend his people that remain. And then shall he show them great wonders. Then said I, O Yahuwah, O God, that bears who show me this, wherefore have I seen the man coming up from the midst of the sea? And he said unto me, Like as thou canst neither seek out nor know the things that are in the deep of the sea, even so can no man upon earth see my son or those that be with him but in the daytime. This is the interpretation of the dream which thou sawest, and where, whereby thou only art here lightened. Okay? He's talking about Jesus. And so again, when we read Revelation um, 19, and we see here it says, And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. We read here. But only in this second book of Ezra, we were, Miss Donna, we were reading, and Mr. Ben, we were reading a, um, a book called Second Ezra. Ezra wrote another book where he described some dreams that he's seen. He said, but, I, but only I saw that he sent out of his mouth, as it had been, a blast of fire, and out of his lips a flaming breath, and out of his tongue he cast out sparks and tempests. What was that? Couldn't hear you. Oh, somebody had said something. I was just, I wanted to know what, what, um, somebody said something. I didn't know what it was. It was my mom. What did you say, Miss Rose? No. I'm going in and out. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You might be, are you on that tablet? <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I, I, I don't know. Um, but again, it says, and they were all mixed together, the blast of fire, the flaming breath, and the great tempest, and fell with violence upon the multitude which was prepared to fight, and burned them up every one so that upon a sudden of an innumerable multitude, nothing was to perceive but only dust and the smell of smoke. When I saw this, I was afraid. And so this is what we're looking at. And so Jesus led us back to Revelation 16. Okay, this is the, this is the description of him gathering all these nations together. Revelation 16, 14 through 17. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. That's the same day. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments. Those, that's the cleanness of the garments. Again, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Okay, we read that in, in, in Revelation 3. Okay, the shame. Okay. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. 
And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. Okay, what is done? The nations of the world are done and the kingdom of heaven is here. It is finished. This is what Jesus is saying. It is done. Okay, again, how do we know that? Jesus led us back to Ezekiel 38. We're going to read Ezekiel 38 again. Ezekiel 38. We're going to start Ezekiel 38 and go right through. Jesus led us to go right through Ezekiel 38 into 39. Okay? And we're reading the same thing that we just read in 2nd Ezra and the same thing that we read in Psalm 18. Ezekiel 38. We're going to start at line 18. Jesus led us to start at line 18. And it shall come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel. Okay, Gog leads the charge. Gog leads it. Gog leads it. That's Russia. Okay? Gog, Ezekiel 38, line 18. And it shall come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. That's the flames. That's the tempest. That's the fire. That's the smoke coming out of his nostrils that David talked about. That's the fire that Ezra... Ezra talked talk about. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. That's the sword coming out of his mouth. Saying he's spoken. That's the flame. That's the tempest coming out of his mouth. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. So that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence and the mountains shall be thrown down and the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother. So they're also killing each other. And I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood, and I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him, and overflowing <coughs> rain and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. So there's the overflowing rain. That's the storm. That's the tempest and the great hailstones and fire and brimstone coming out of his mouth. So he's, Jesus is raining on these nations, all these nations that come up against him, the, the Antichrist nations, the nations of Gog and Magog with all the elements. Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Okay? And now Jesus let us to go right into Ezekiel 39. Uh, Miss Rose, are you able to hear what I'm saying? Or am I still going in and out? Okay. All right, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to say it loud as I can. Therefore, thou son of man, prophesy against Gog, and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and leave but the sixth part of thee, and will cause thee to come up from the north. So he's leaving a sixth part of it. Okay? I will cause thee to come up from the north parts, and will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel. Okay, this is the battle of Armageddon. I will smite thy bow out of thy left hand and will cause thine arrows to fall out of thy right hand. Thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, thou and all thy fans and the people that is with thee. And I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. Thou 
saith the Lord God. Okay? And I will send a fire on Magog. There's the fire again. There's the fire. I will send a fire on Magog and among them that dwell carelessly in the isles, the islands, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people, Israel, and I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Now, pay attention to line 8. Behold, it is come, and it is done, saith the Lord God. This is the day where I have spoken. Okay? It is done. Okay? So we'll go, we're, Jesus let us go to go back to Revelation 16. Because this all this is all happening in at one time. All most of Revelation is happening in one at one in one day. Okay, Revelation 16. Line 16. Okay? And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And the angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. It's done. All the nations of the world are done, and they have been turned over to Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is here. It is done. Now Jesus led us to go to Revelation 19. We're going to go back to Revelation 19 and finish Revelation 19, starting in line 15. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. It is done. That's, that, that, this, is, this is what we're reading. It is done. Line 16. And he have on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven. It's the same thing we read in Ezekiel 39. Okay? Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. The same thing. That ye may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beasts, that's the Antichrist, and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken with him, and the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse. Which sword proceeded out of his mouth? Right? That's the that's the flame. That's the word. The sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all fowls were filled with their flesh. If, and if we read, I'll, I'll read it. We don't have to turn there, but I'll read it again. In Ezekiel 38. Right? It says here. So actually it's it's in um, Ezekiel 39, I'm sorry. Ezekiel 39 says, Thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, thou and all thy bands, and the people that is with thee. I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort, and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. Okay? And remember after that, we read this a few sermons ago. It says that Israel, that the tribes of Israel will be um, 
would, would hire workers to bury all the dead bodies, of course those who hadn't been burned up, but he would, he would hire workers, Israel would hire workers to bury all the dead bodies that were left over. Okay, because there's 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 a remnant, there's people that are left over, that are slain, that are left over, all over the um, the battlefield. Okay, so Jesus um, led us um, back um, or up. We're going to go to Revelation 20. Okay, so after the Battle of Armageddon, Jesus leads us straight into the a thousand years of peace to reign with Him. In his everlasting kingdom, it is done. It is, it is now his kingdom for a thousand years of peace. Seven years of tribulation, battle of Armageddon, straight into the thousand years of peace. This is Revelation 20. And of course, this is all this is before the New Jerusalem. Okay? So we have to know this. This is all before the New This is everything that happens before we get to the New Jerusalem. Okay, Revelation 20. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon and that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, this after the thousand years, after that, he must be loose. He'll, he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll be loose. A little season, and I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast. Remember Jesus talked about that the that the disciples they will be they will be um their names were written in heaven. And and, and later on Paul talked about um thrones. That that, that 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 Israel that we would be sat on we would sit on throne and we would judge to judge Israel. Okay, this is what he's talking about. Judgment was given unto them. I saw thrones and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and. They live and reign with Christ a thousand years. But the rest, the rest of the dead, okay, live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death have no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And again, <coughs> Jesus led us back to this before. That, that's, that, that, that Jesus, when he leads us out of the places where we've all been scattered, where everyone's been scattered, as his people, and that includes everyone, all nations, when he leads us back into Jerusalem, during part of that tribulation time, it leads right into the thousand years of peace. How do we know that? Jesus led us back to Ezekiel 40. We're going to just briefly read these last few um, chapters, um, part pieces of chapters in Ezekiel 40 and, uh, and 47 and 48. We're going to start with 40. We're only going to go through the lines 1 through 4. Okay. 
we've read this before. In the five and twentieth year of our captivity, in the beginning of the year, in the tenth day of the month, in the fourteenth year after that, the city was smitten. In the selfsame day, the hand of the Lord was upon me and brought me hither, brought me close. In the visions of God brought he me into the land of Israel and set me upon a very high mountain, which was as the frame of a city on the south. And he brought me hither or here. And behold, there was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of brass with a line of flax in his hand and a measuring reed. And he stood in the gate. And the man said unto me, Son of man, behold with thine eyes and hear with thine ears and set thine heart upon all that I, sh I show thee. For to the intent that I might show them unto thee, art thou brought hither or here? Declare all that thou seest to the house of Israel. Okay? Whenever we see the measuring line, when John sees the measuring line, Ezekiel sees the measuring line, um, and Isaiah sees it, we're looking at the new temple in Jerusalem. Not the new Jerusalem, but the new city that is built, that's built back up. Okay? This is before the new Jerusalem. And we saw in the video earlier the millennial temple. A lot of people call it the millennial temple. Okay? And we watched a video about this before. Okay? Jesus led us up. Now we're going to go up to Ezekiel 47. And we're going to read lines 1 through 9. Okay? Ezekiel 47, lines 1 through 9. Afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house. This is the temple. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east. And the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters were to the loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now when I have returned, Behold, at the bank of the river, there were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then said he unto me, These waters issue out toward the east country, and go down into the desert, and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the water shall be healed. So remember, we read this in Zechariah as well, too. And in, um, that the, the waters, that one portion of the waters would go into the Dead Sea. And so it says here, the waters shall be healed into that sea. Why are the waters being healed? Because the, the, those waters are dead. They're salt water in the Dead Sea. It goes out of the temple into the Dead Sea and heals the waters and brings them back to life. They're no longer salt water, but fresh water. <coughs> Things can live and grow in there and thrive in there. Fish can, can, can live in there again. And it says the other side of the waters go into the Mediterranean Sea. Okay? And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come hither or here. 
for they shall be healed, and everything shall live whither the river cometh. Okay? And now, to finish out, Jesus led us to Ezekiel 48. We're going to read line 31 in Ezekiel 48. Okay? Ezekiel 48, we're going to read line 31. And the gates of the city shall be after the names of the tribes of Israel. Three gates northward, one gate of Reuben, one gate of Judah, one gate of Levi. Of course, it goes to all the, um, the, the tribes. And at the east side, 4,500. And three gates and one gate of Joseph, Benjamin, Dan, all of them. All of them. Simeon, Gat, uh, Issachar, and Zebulun. Okay, we're going to go down to, um, to, to line 35. And it was round about 18,000 measures, and the name of the city from that day shall be, The Lord is there. Okay? And so I'm going to share this, 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 um, this video again, because this is what we're looking at. The thousand years of peace, this is, the, this is what we're looking at. When we, when we see this temple, when we see this city, on top of this, the high mountain, which is the mountain of the Lord, we're looking at the thousand years of peace. This is before the new Jerusalem. This is before the new heavens and the new earth. Okay, so I'm gonna sh I'm gonna share this video um, with you guys again, and we're just gonna um, briefly take um, a look at, at this. Right, Jesus led us back to this video. Just 
enters through the east gate and he establishes himself on the throne in the temple of Jerusalem that has yet to be built. As one writer puts it, the vision of the temple was in fact a kind of incarnation of all that God stood for. Christ, uh, it, it is not a future temple. All nine of these final chapters of the book encompass one vision God gave to Ezekiel concerning the temple. Christians are especially troubled because this temple describes animal sacrifices. This does not fit well with the theology that Jesus was the final atonement for sin. And if the death of Jesus was the fulfillment of the sacrificial system, why do the prophets anticipate sacrifices when the third temple is built? Some Christians have explained why there are animal sacrifices in the temple after the death of Christ. One of the reasons given is that the sacrifices have a remembrance nature and they look back at the work of Christ, just as the sacrifices in the Torah look toward the work of Christ. Another explanation says that the millennium is not the eternal state of the New Jerusalem, where there will be no sin. In the millennium, the world is still the same world we know, just with a righteous ruler who will reign on the throne of David for a thousand years. It will definitely be a better place where there will be no wars, but people will still be able to sin. And because the world will not be perfect, the temple, the altar, the priests, and the instruments will have to be purified through animal sacrifice. If you ask me what do I think, I must say that by studying those nine chapters of Ezekiel and seeing all the details and measurements it is really difficult to believe that this is just some kind of symbol of a future reality. Remember, Ezekiel devoted more than one-sixth of his writing to the description of the Millennial Temple, the details of its worship, and the operation of its priests, so that when it is eventually erected, its functions will be carried out as he has directed. And the simple fact that I was able to create a 3D model of this temple is thanks to Ezekiel's great attention to detail. So, in this episode, we will look at this temple, of which Ezekiel writes in the Tanakh. But before we start, let me throw in this question. What do the Jews think of the future temple? Well, as I mentioned, there is the Temple Institute that is actively preparing building the new temple. For almost two millennia, there has been no temple in Jerusalem. The Jews have attended synagogue services around the world to pray, to read the scriptures, and perform various ceremonies. Yet, deep in their hearts, they have a longing for another temple to be built in Jerusalem. The problem is that as far as I know, they do not plan to build the new temple according to the measurements visible in the book of Ezekiel. Instead, the Temple Institute plans to build temples similar in nature to Solomon's and Herod's temple. And although it may be offensive to Jewish people who seek the rebuilding of the temple, many Christians see this next third temple as the Antichrist. 
situation literally, then you conclude that at the end of times, there will be a third temple built. But this new temple will be used by the agent of Satan himself, who will call himself God and require worship of him in the third temple. The times of this period are known to Christians as the Great Tribulation. Now, it is a very complex topic, and I don't want to get into it right now. By the way, similar events already happened in the past when the Jewish people were under the rule of the Greeks. It was then that the Greek ruler Antiochus Epiphanes desecrated the temple by sacrificing pigs in the sanctuary and forcing Jews to worship the statue of Zeus in the temple. Many Christians believe Epiphanes was just a picture of what will happen in the end times. But what I have to say is that the Jewish people certainly do not see the future temple as part of the events I just described. The Jewish people see the building of the new temple as something very positive. And I also know Christians that support this project. What must be said, however, is that the temple being prepared by the Temple Institute is not the millennial temple described by Ezekiel. It is not the same temple because if we follow the text, we will notice dramatic supernatural changes that will occur with the appearance of the millennial temple. First of all, the current temple mount would not be big enough to fit the millennial temple complex, although the temple is 500 square cubits, about 875 feet long and wide, the territory to kept holy is 5,100 feet long and wide. I doubt this will be just a space of 5,100 feet. More likely, there will be a city where people will live. You can imagine how beautiful it will be, considering that the Mashiach will rule in this new city around the temple. Here you can see a 3D model of the modern Jerusalem. The temple itself could fit the Temple Mount if we take the measurement of 500 square cubits. After all, the Mishnah claims that Solomon's Temple Complex was also 500 square cubits. See my video on the evidence of Solomon's Temple on the Temple Mount to learn more. I am putting a link in the description. So, the temple proper could fit the Temple Mount, but the whole holy territory of which Ezekiel writes about would certainly not fit on that mountain. Ezekiel, in his record of the events, writes that he was taken to a very high mountain on whose south side were some buildings that looked like a city. In chapter 42, verses 15 to 20, we read that the area around the temple to be kept holy is 500 square reeds. According to Ezekiel chapter 40 verse 5, the reed was 6 cubits long. 500 reeds, therefore, the measure of each side of the square was 
3,000 cubits or about 500-100 feet, that is, a mile long. Of course, such a space, quite as large as was ever enclosed by the walls of ancient Jerusalem, would have been impassable upon the hill of Moria, and various efforts have been made by some of the commentators to reduce the size, but the use of reed as a unit of measurement is decisive. Those measurements will require the creation of a new mountain that would fit this new temple complex. The prophet Zechariah foretells that the whole Mount of Olives will divide when the Mashiach steps on the Mount of Olives. According to Ezekiel, the Millennial Temple will serve the Mashiach, so geographical miracles such as the creation of a new mountain can be imagined. Additionally, a unique feature of the Millennial Temple will be the river flowing from under its threshold toward the east. will divide with one half going toward the Dead Sea and the other half toward the Mediterranean Sea. We read about this in Zechariah chapters 14 verse 8. In Ezekiel we read that the waters will gradually deepen to bring life in the form of trees and fish. This life-giving water will be a constant reminder of the presence of God and His blessing. Just imagine the river going out of the temple that will give life to everything on its path. The Dead Sea will no longer be dead, but will be resurrected to new life thanks to the Mashiach. Another exciting features of the temple are the gates leading to the temple complex and the temple itself. The prophet describes that there will be two sets of three gates. The gates will be located on the east, north, and south side of the temple complex. The east gate will be the most important because they will serve as the entrance for the prince, who many interpret to be the Mashiach. What stands out when we look at the gates is how tall they are. In Ezekiel chapter 40, verse 13, we read the measurements of the gates are 25 cubits wide, meaning 41.7 feet or 12.7 meters. Alright, I'm going to go ahead and stop it there. But if you guys remember that, that video, we watched that a few sermons ago. But this is what we're looking at when we're looking at the 1,000 years. The thousand years of peace, reigning with Jesus for a thousand years. This is what we're looking at. It's in. It's right in Ezekiel, and Jesus uh, led us here quite a while back to take a look at this. And so this is what we're looking at. We're looking at the thousand years of peace when Jesus says it is done. All the kingdoms have been handed over to Jesus, and that the heavenly kingdom reigns on the earth for a thousand years. Hallelujah! This is what we're looking forward to, and so after that. Is when we go after that a thousand years of peace is over. That is when we go into the new heaven and the new earth. And so, hallelujah! Does anybody have anything, any reflections, anything you want to share? Any um, 
personal revelations, um, anything that you got out of it um, that stuck out to you? Miss Rose, you got anything? Miss Rose, you there? You got anything? Did you want to? I can't hear you. Say it again. I couldn't hear you. Say that again. Okay, go ahead. Amen. Yeah, yeah, we could we could hear you. It, it went out. It was going in and out a little bit. I think your connection is not that good, but we could hear you. Were saying we have to be ready when he comes. Amen. We do got to be ready. We we do have to be ready. You know, he he is coming. He wants to he wants to make us white and clean. He wants to present us to himself as his kingdom, clean, white, without spot and without blemish. That's what that's what Jesus says. And so you're absolutely right. So that's why we have to continue to live this life of repentance and, and letting all this stuff go, letting this, this American way of life behind, letting this worldly way of life behind, and 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 putting inside of ourselves, praying to put to be put inside of us the things of the kingdom, the way of life of the kingdom, and that has everything to do with, with following Jesus' example. Amen. Ashley, you got anything you want to uh, you want to share? I just wanted to say that um, it was very insightful to see, like, to put everything together. Um, like, I didn't see how the um, Gog and Magog scenario is after the thousand. I know it's before. Okay. It's I before. I, I wasn't. Okay, because some of the verses that were coming together was giving me the understanding that the God that may cause scenario happens after the thousand years of peace when he loosens Satan out of the bottomless pit to test the nations and he draws them together for a great multitude. To the great battle, and it mentioned it mentioned Gog and Magog at that time. So that I thought that was interesting mm -hmm. because it made me. Um, I just think it's just so amazing how God puts so much together in all of the prophecies. You know that 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 we can really see that God spoke about what is to happen. Yeah. Almost from the very beginning, you know, and um, he, he, he left a lot of details, very detailed. It's just that he told certain ones certain details that 
Yeah. And so when you, it's interesting because um, that's actually something that we was gonna, we were gonna get to in the next sermon. So if you, if we read in Ezekiel thirty-nine when Jesus says it is done, what He says before that is He says, "I left the sixth part of you, Gog and Magog." And so Gog and Magog they battle, they come, all the nations come, and Gog and Magog they have a battle, and they're and they're destroyed. So it means the remnant, remnant, it means a piece of piece. And when that happens is they come back, they gather themselves up again, they build their armies up over a thousand years, and they come back and they do battle again. Led by Satan. Right before the new heaven and new earth. And they're completely destroyed. Oh, okay. So they come back. And so that's actually, we're actually going to go right into that in the next sermon. But I'm glad you pointed out, yeah, Jesus is very, very... Um, detail and you know I, I, I love because he, he brought that up to me um, at second edges where he describes that that sword going out in his mouth and what that is you know going into more detail in Psalm 18 and second edges that that sword is the fire is the tempest which is a storm which is that dark those dark clouds and the wind and the rain and the hail that um, David described and then the fire and the flame coming out of his mouth which is what comes out of Jesus' mouth. That word is that the holy devouring fire that comes out of his mouth. And so, you know, you know, and, and, and Jesus um, leads us to, to know that um, we um, will have a chance to participate with him in, in that battle. But of course he leads the battle but it's cause by his spirit, by his strength, and by his will that, that all of it is done. And he turned that that's the moment he turns every nation over to him that he reigns on the earth like it says omnipotent the lord reigneth omnipotent amen so we if you we gonna if that's it if everybody's done sharing uh we'll go ahead and um end it there uh, mr ben do you would you like to uh to to take us out with a short prayer Okay. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That was a great prayer. All right, we'll go ahead and stop it there, and uh, we'll see you guys the next Saturday for the next sermon. Thank you, guys. Jesus Thank is you, blessing girl. us. He's blessing us with understanding every Shabbat. He's blessing us with understanding every week, every day. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.